Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Lisa Cummings today. Lisa is amazing. And she's going to help you find your strengths today, maximize your strengths today. And I cannot wait for this conversation. I cannot wait to introduce you to Lisa. And I cannot wait to take it to another level. Are you ready to take it to another level? I have no doubt we're going to do that today. And I want to welcome you back to the show where we sit down for mind-expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate as well as top experts in other industries and disciplines. This is for leaders, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors who have a burning desire for the extraordinary. They have a burning desire to maximize their God-given talents, their God-given strengths, their God-given abilities. It is our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. Of course, we will distill the strengths, the ability of finding your strengths, the mindset, the habits, the routines, the systems and tools, the strategies, and so much more from those and an individual like Lisa Cummings, who is elevating and who has elevated to a life without limits so that you can do the same or even more for yourself. Of course, you know this, this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through personal growth, through personal mastery, through real estate investing, other ventures, and most importantly, and ultimately in their lives. If you're enjoying Elevate, first of all, thank you so much. We are grateful to bring the heat. We're grateful for the opportunity to pour into you through Elevate. And so I'm so thankful that you're here. And I want to tell you that if you are enjoying this, please subscribe, please give us a follow, uh, a rating, a review. It's extremely helpful for us. Our goal really is to reach millions of people with this message that you do not have to live a life that you just tolerate. You can actually live a life of abundance, of fulfillment, of creativity, of curiosity, of courage, of determination. And it comes down to investing in yourself. It comes down to expanding your mind. It comes down to expanding your horizons, the possibilities, your beliefs, your actions, your habits, you know, everything about who you are is really what opens up that door to anything is possible. And that's what Elevate's all about. And so if you're enjoying this, share this with a friend, share this with your network, share this with the people that you work with, your family, your friends, because everybody was designed to be great. Every single human being on this planet, especially you, if you're listening to the show, you have that burning desire. And that's the separator because we can build anything on top of that burning desire. And I want to encourage you, if you want to go deeper, if you want to really transform, go visit Elevate coachingacademy.com because that's where you're going to find out more about Elevate High Performance Coaching Academy. So if you have a true burning desire for the extraordinary and to draw a line in the sand and say, look, no more rat race for me, no more, you know, lack of time freedom, no more lack of financial freedom, no more lack of choice of where I'm going to be or who I'm spending my time with. I want to transform right now. I want to make an eight week transformation that in some places, in some ways, may be considered maybe 10, 20 years, right? Let's compress time. And we want to give you that opportunity. So go to elevatecoachingacademy.com if you want to learn more about that. And also, by the way, there's a free masterclass for people like you who just want to learn, you know, what is it really going to take? What shifts do I need to make to make massive transformation personally and professionally? And how can you create massive systems in your life 
not only to create financial freedom, but time freedom and all of these other things, which sound pie in the sky, perhaps, but I'm telling you, this is a transformation opportunity. So we welcome you, elevatecoachingacademy.com. With all that said, I want to dive into an amazing, amazing conversation with Lisa Cummings. Today's guest is Lisa Cummings, and she has delivered training and speaking events to over 20,000 participants in 14 countries. You can see her featured in places like Harvard Business Publishing, Training Magazine, and Forbes. She's the CEO of a company called Lead Through Strengths, which is where they use Clifton Strengths, known as the Strengths Finder, to help people kick butt at work and in life, which is beautiful, right? We want to kick butt in work and life. We want to kick butt in everything we do because that's who we are, right? We're Elevate Nation. When she's not out spotting strength with teams, you'll find her playing drums or singing in a rock band called Spiral Mischief. Gotta love that. Lisa Cummings, and we're about to dive in. So when I welcome you to enjoy this amazing conversation with a great Lisa Cummings. Lisa, welcome to Elevate. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. Doing great today. I love it. Well, it's great to be with you and really enjoyed our brief conversation uh, before the show today. So I know that we're going to learn a lot. I know we're going to probably go in many interesting directions. We're going to learn a lot about ourselves through this conversation. So before we dive into that, you know, if you were one of your close friends, or maybe you are your spouse, or maybe you are someone in your family, how would you describe Lisa Cummings? Ooh, that is an interesting way to say it. <laughs> right? I like it too, don't you? Ooh, yeah. Um, okay, so when they're saying nice things about me, I think they would say that I'm a future thinker, that I can be fun to hang around and playful, and that I'm pretty energetic and like to think big thoughts. I like that. So what do you mean by future thinker? Just curious. Um, I think the way that it shows up for me, and hey, I know that we haven't gotten into this yet, but I live in Clifton Strengths land and um, Strengths Finder. In their language, one of my top talent themes is strategic, and that is one that looks at all the roads in front of you. It's pretty decisive, and it's able to say, "All right, I can see ten or twelve steps ahead." Maybe the other people that I'm around would be looking one, two, three steps ahead. I can see a, a little bit further sometimes. And then I just like to make a quick decision and go toward it. And I don't, I'm not a big buyer's remorse kind of person. It's like, I'm in it. I'm, I'm on this path. Let's go. This looks like the most efficient path. So um, I and my mind is working on the future a lot. I'm thinking about where am I headed? Um, it gives me a goal orientation. So that's my version of being futuristic. It's not so much like predicting what is going to happen with the world, but yeah, it's a little yeah. bit more like pick the path, go, keep your eye oriented on where you're headed. No, I think there's so much power in having that self-awareness of yourself and what is it that you're truly, you know, unique and, um, you know, what value do you bring not only to others around you, but your own life and having that sort of chess thinking mindset is really, really yeah. interesting. It's almost like you're playing chess, you're, you're five, you know, five moves ahead, or maybe even 12 moves ahead, which is awesome. But what is it that really has really lit your fire about uncovering strengths? And what is it that really interests you about that? I think, you know, I mentioned the word efficiency earlier. I think that that is 
one of the things that really struck me about it when I first got exposed to it, because if you're spending your life trying to get better and better and better and step your game up and constantly be in a winning mode, it's so easy to be thinking, what do I need to fix? What do I need to get rid of? What weaknesses do I need to shore up? And those things are useful things to do, but the return on your effort from investing in your strengths is so much greater and it's a lot more fun to do to invest in that area. So once I saw that in action, it just really sparked for me that this is a powerful thing that a lot of people are not seeing and it needs to get more legs. So is it a, you know, you think about, you know, the highest performers in the world or the people that create the most results in the world, which at the end of the day, we're talking about effectiveness and probably a large degree of efficiency as well, as well as thinking ahead, as you just described, or perhaps surrounding yourself with people who are thinking ahead to some degree, right? Because it's not always about your strengths that may not align with exactly what Lisa just described there. But thinking about that return on effort, right? Is it better for people to be focusing on maximizing their strengths rather than shoring up weaknesses? Is that what you're saying? Well, and I don't like to think of it as an either or, but it's just don't let it get so lopsided. Don't spend 90% of your time fixing your weaknesses. Don't get so obsessed with that. So bring up the time you're spending on strengths. And then I think that this phrase that you said about surrounding yourself with people, that is one of the magic elements of strengths as well, which is you can't have all of them. <laughs> so instead of worrying about trying to have all strengths in all areas, get self-aware. Find the ones that either drain you, suck the life out of you. Speaking of like the, the things that make life and work feel sucky, recognize that those might be like that because they're your weaknesses. And if you can surround yourself with people who think that that is a great headspace to be in, then they're doing what they love, you're doing what you're, you love, and you're getting more accomplished. And I think a lot of people see this in their home relationships where they're like opposites attract kind of concept, where you make a great team because you think differently. And if you can divvy up those jobs, and sometimes it's the mental jobs that you're doing together, yeah, surrounding yourself with the right people who have strengths that you don't, it's a much better path than just obsessing over your own weaknesses all the time. Right. No, that's really powerful. And, and thinking about how it's more fun to invest in your own strengths is, is a great distinction because, you know, sometimes it's like, well, you know, you want to improve, right? We're, we're about self-improvement and growth and personal growth and ob obviously always getting to that next level. But it's not always about, you know, creating something that you're not because sometimes it's like, you know, we, we want to go somewhere and we think about, well, that's just not me, but I'm trying to create something that's not me. Does that resonate with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can think back early in my career being in corporate jobs where I had looked for all the patterns. It's one of the things I think I do pretty well. I can see the patterns. And so I would spot them and I would see the patterns and how successful people at that company, how they talked, how they looked, how they acted in meetings. You know, you can pick up all of those things, but then do you start cloning that? Because that may not be the best route. And then if you do it, do you turn into someone you don't like and then you start hating yourself and hating your life? I think that happens to quite a lot of people. No, that's really interesting. And because one of the philosophies that I think is really powerful, while there's always a paradox in every philosophy or every thought process or thinking tool, one of the philosophies that I'm passionate about is modeling success. As Tony mm -hmm. Robbins says, success leaves clues. 
So we don't have to recreate the wheel unless you're like an Elon Musk, you know, as we were talking about earlier, you know, before we started recording, we were talking a, a little brief conversation about Elon Musk. That's an individual who's kind of recreating wheels in many different ways. And so perhaps that's, <laughs> we'll set that aside. But in terms of, you know, creating success in, you know, a an investment career or a real estate investing endeavor, it's not about recreating that. And so you look at who the best of the best are and you say, well, what have they done and what behaviors and habits do they have or what strengths do they have? And so let's model that. But at the same time, you know, like you said, you become a bit cookie cutter. Maybe you try to become something that you're not. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And I think that topic that you brought up on success leaving clues, this would be a really interesting one to study with strengths because so often we look to the external environment to study clues. What about studying the clues that we've left behind in our lives? Like I'm at my best when mm. this happens, when I'm around these kind of people, when I'm doing this kind of thinking, when I'm in this type of environment. Um, I actually do this exercise where I say, you know, list your who, what, when, why, where, and go through all of those and just ask yourself, who am I being when am I at my best? Where am I, even if it's physically, like am I outside in nature? Am I thinking in my office? Is it 9 a.m.? Going through all of those kind of things and looking at your own clues. I do think the external clues can totally be valuable if they allow you to still feel like you're being you. You know, sometimes you can study someone else's success and say, yeah, I can tell that's really great. That looks great on them, but I wouldn't wear it. <laughs> that, right. that kind of thing. Right. And then other people you think, Ooh, I could borrow that. I could borrow that way of thinking. I could borrow that phrase that they used when they were negotiating. I could uh, use that framework that they used for thinking. So drafting off of other people's strengths is great too. If it feels like it's congruent with who you are. Yeah. And it, it seems like the foundation is that self-awareness piece. And you just talked about that feeling of congruence, which I think maybe we could dive into that a bit further and talk about that. But, you know, let's just before we get to that, let's think about this self awareness. So first of all, as the expert on strengths, I mean, first of all, how many strengths are there? And how do we get more aware of what really is core to our being? So the tool I love the most to use for this topic is called the Clifton Strengths Assessment. Also, people know it as Strengths Finder because it's from the book Strengths Finder 2.0. There are 34 in that tool. And so of the 34, if you imagine you have a, a top five or even a top 10, if you get the premium version, you can look and see your full 34 kind of stack ranked. And then they give you the idea of what your easy buttons are. That's how I like to look at it. You see the number one through five or the number one through 10 and say, if I operated through this lens more frequently, I could probably amp up my success. So that's kind of the simplest way of looking at how you would get started with knowing what they are and then reading the reports and then kind of marinating on them and going, all right, these sound kind of academic. When you look at the report, it's kind of academic in the way that they are phrased. But then you could look at it and say, all right, well, when I'm when I'm assessing a deal, which ones of these do I turn on? Which ones could I turn on? Um, when I'm in a, a little bit of a conflict situation in a negotiation and it's starting to feel heated, which ones could I turn on to get through the tough spot in that interaction? So it's really cool when you just give them a situation and then look through your list and say, how could I use these tools that I have right here under my nose? Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. 
This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, and you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called the bottom line, the 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value packed ebook. So I want to want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. Well, it's just almost like, you know, anything else, like the first step is always awareness. You know, the yeah. first step in me developing more emotional intelligence is for me to be aware of the emotions that I'm experiencing. The more, you know, the next step for me to be more self-aware is for me to listen to my internal thoughts and to me, for me to understand how I show up in different situations and reflect back on how I behaved, but then further really understanding a bit further about, hey, well, maybe this is an academic sort of a feel of what are my top strengths, but then getting an understanding and in those moments being more aware of, oh, this is actually how I am truly showing up. And so I think that's really interesting. And then taking it a step further and saying, well, how can I further develop my skills? And then also how can I further be more self-aware of where am I not you know, as strong and how can I shore that up with surrounding myself with the right people, and making sure that I, you know, am more thoughtful of surrounding myself with certain types of people. Does that resonate with you, Lisa? Yeah, I was listening to, it's one, I think it's one of your past episodes. Maybe you were talking to the guy who does the, the, um, diary of an apartment investor. I don't know. If I'm uh, yeah. The words, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was talking about buying an apartment building and how long he was building a relationship with the guy before the transaction really happened. Yeah, this and, is Brian Briscoe, by the way. So shout out to Brian. Thank you. <laughs> and as it, as I was listening, I was kind of thinking from my personal strengths lens, you know how you listen to things and then you are internalizing it through you. Yes. And I was thinking about my individualization talent theme. That's one of the Clifton strengths and how it makes me really curious about other people. And I was just imagining, well, I don't know if he has relator or individualization or one of these other relationship building kind of themes but how it allows you to feel really comfortable just staying curious and getting to know that person and not worrying about all of the other agendas at hand, but just, I wanna know what makes you you, what makes you tick, and I love the humanity of all of that, and I think it's fun to get in and get to know someone. So I was imagining, okay, if I were in his situation and you can tell that this isn't just going to be one of those, hey, I'm gonna offer you some cash, you wanna get out of this building, it's gonna be one of those type of people who really want to get to know you and they want to kind of vet you first and say, well, do you really want this? Because we're going to need to have a couple year relationship. And they're not saying <laughs> it with their words, but they're saying it with right. their uh, interactions. 
and how you could just take some of your strengths and allow them to come to the front. And this is another key point of strengths, I think. Um, I have other ones that would much rather be thinking and getting stuff done and moving the deal forward and doing the analysis. But if a situation calls for something else, I think of them like they have volume dials on them and it can be like, all right, this is a person who needs me to turn up my relationship mm. and step back a little bit on being the, you know, let's get a deal done salesperson that maybe I walked in the room with and it allows me to show up differently, not like a different person, but just a different side of me to come forward. And that's one of the other powerful things about strengths. It's like, you don't have to be someone else, but you can allow another part of you to come off for that person's needs. Well, and you can read a situation and be dynamic, right? You can adjust your energy level. One of the things I found so fascinating, I studied uh, neuro-linguistic programming a few years ago, and one of the, the basis of it is let's understand the energy level that this other person is coming to you with, right? It's like, what's the level of breathing? And, you know, if you want to get super advanced on this, it's, you know, what's their heart rate? And as crazy as that sounds and as goofy and like almost kind of woo-woo as that sounds, it's like you're almost meeting someone where they are and you start to recognize, well, here's where they're showing up and here's their perspective. But what I feel like you're saying is in any situation, it's not that you're being someone different, but you're being somewhat of a chameleon and that you're meeting someone where they are and you have an awareness of the realm of strengths that human beings have and you understand where they're showing up. So how can I serve this person to the greatest capacity? How can I communicate to their wants, needs, desires to the greatest capacity and ultimately influence them so that I can serve them to a greater degree? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that you nailed it. And and sometimes when people hear the term chameleon, I think that they take it like it's fake. But if right. you take the chameleon, the actual animal, and Matt, no, that it's being itself. It just has a lot of different colors to show. And it's like whipping out the right color for the right moment by reading the situation. I think that's really cool. And that's so deep getting down to things like heart rate. You take the con the concept of general mirroring and then really get it down to a deep degree in what you're talking about there. But we have, what, thousands or more pieces of us that we could let out. And then it's just picking the right ones for the right moment. Everyone talks about situational fluency, but it's like, yeah, well, what part of you needs to show up for this situation right now? Instead of, ooh, how should I act? How do they want me to act? Or um, the kind of the, the fake perspective that I think a lot of people get hung up on. Well, I don't want to do it that way because that wouldn't be me. But gosh, you have so many versions of you and so many elements and layers of you. Just pick the right ones that work for the situation. That's such a powerful distinction. And you think about how multifaceted we all are and how multidimensional we all are and how we have multi personalities in certain circumstances just because someone seems so intense or what have you. And that they're like, well, you know, you've got to really prove it to me that you deserve this relationship and you deserve to do a transaction with me over, you know, I'm not telling you, but over the course of three years, maybe I'll decide if you're trustworthy. And they're not always that way, right? Maybe in that circumstance, they're, they've got a barrier of lack of trust, but you can, you know, it's it's not like, you know, does that make sense? And, and, and it's just really interesting because the multi layers of personality and understanding that how you can serve someone and recognizing that there's so many different strengths and weaknesses here. And how can you truly serve this and lean into that I think is really, really powerful. Yeah, I, 
I think that what you just said is spot on. And it brought for me a memory of back years ago, we used to have longhorn cattle. And getting into the ag world, that was not anything I knew anything about, neither did my husband. And so starting to get out into this world, this trust kind of barrier thing that you were describing where someone's really standing at arm's length, you're obviously an outsider, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know how to buy them, load them, feed them, you know nothing, and you really need to lean on people who know what they're doing. But they also are vetting you and figuring out whether you're worth their time because they're gonna be educating you and giving you a lot. So you could go in and just buy some cattle, but I needed I needed that guy to be able to call to say, uh, we don't have any place to corral the animals because they're running free on 60 acres. So what happens when one of them gets sick and you call a vet out? Like you, He can't just chase them around. <laughs> How is this gonna work? So those kind of things, like I needed that guy to be able to call and being able to just roll with it in the moment and see what does he seem to care about or what do they seem to care about and come in with no ego and just let the situation unfold and use what it kind of feels like gut level instincts about what you need to do and how you need to show up for the moment, even though you don't know what you're doing at all. That's a very powerful example because it relates, I know, to many of the people who are listening if they're a real estate investor, real estate entrepreneur, they know how they felt when they were breaking into the real estate industry. And it was like, uh, can someone just help me here? Can someone just like educate me and like, tell me what I'm doing wrong. But also at the same time, like, you know, I can resonate to that myself. When I got into the real estate space, it's like, hey, guys, like, I'm just trying to like, you know, make sure I don't screw up and lose a bunch of money. Like, can you help me like figure this out? And and it is really interesting because I think that that just resonates across many industries. So it's a matter of tapping into more intuition and maybe more infinite intelligence, so to speak, to really lean mm -hmm. into what is it that I can connect with this other individual on and, you know, not only have situational and self-awareness, but also a bit of emotional intelligence and a bit of you're almost like a ninja to a certain degree. But how have you developed that yourself? I mean, is it truly just through listening to your intuition and your gut? Well, I don't think that I'm the best person at that yet, listening to the gut kind of situation. I think there's a lot of intuition in me to be listened to. But the thinking part of me loves to take over and loves to say, yes, yes, that's an emotional response, but the, but the, the logic is X. So some of it is just doing a bad job, you know, failing, making mistakes, and then looking up and saying, oh, some of these strengths are actually troublemakers for me. Um, and then they become blind spots because if you think about how we define these natural talents, they're the ways that you think or feel or act when you're at your default. So if I am at my default, turned way up on some of them at all times, then they can also get in my way. They can be overused and they can kind of masquerade as weaknesses. I would say this happened. Um, so I'm kind of I'm a very small timey kind of real estate investor. Like we have couple of residential properties and we own a few small commercial properties and getting into those deals I remember when there was nothing to know about them and this was back in the day of like listening to audio cds and trying to figure out who the educators were in the space and you can learn everything and like the world starts opening up to you and you're like well do I do residential do I do commercial do we have 
the money? Do we uh, do we pay the thing off? Do we put down payments on and use more leverage? Do we do tax liens? Like it gets so big. And then you might be emotionally drawn to one of them, but then your talent themes might be the better thinkers and analyzers and they rein you in another direction. So I do think they're an interesting dynamic because they can push and pull. And <laughs> I definitely have the kind of talent themes in me that send me back and forth and sometimes make me feel like I'm of two minds because I can have a really strong gut reaction, but then I can very quickly analyze myself out of it. Well, that's, it's a great distinction as well, because I feel like it's important for people to not get in their own way. And the analysis paralysis is a dangerous place to be. And obviously, you want to think you want to do your homework, you want to study, you want to understand, but at some point, you've got to take action, because the only growth you're ever going to really have is through taking action. So how do you avoid that analysis paralysis? We're talking about self awareness of your strengths or weaknesses and all these things. But how do you avoid that analysis paralysis? For me, I will decidedly turn up my strategic talent because it likes to decide and move forward. And I don't have in the Clifton Strengths categories, they divide them into these four main categories. And one of them is executing. And that one is very low for me. I only have one of the executing talents in my top 14. So I don't have like, I like it when things get done, but I am not the one who is who has that like crazy sense of urgency to be the one to get it done. So I surround my people or surround myself with people who have that kind of sense of urgency. I also decide and move on. And it's just so strengths dependent. Like um, one of the talent themes is called analytical. And this one's just kind of middle of the road for me. It's it's fine. I like to be there, but it's not it's not a draw for me. Like I can't help it. I have to be making a pivot table in Excel right now. It's not <laughs> not that strong for me. Um, but if you're that person and you're really um, susceptible to analysis paralysis, you could do something really simple, which is look at your other talents and ask them to get you out of it. Like maybe you have competition and it desires to win more than it desires to be in the spreadsheet in that moment. And so you just let the other one turn up a little bit. But you could also do things like, okay, well, I have analytical and I like to be crunching the numbers. Maybe the numbers that I decide to be crunching right now are the ones that are like, what are my inputs that are going to get me to the goal? And I need to be making this many deals by this date in order to hit this goal. And so you're analyzing a little different thing. So you're not caught up in the, the little tiny moment that you're living in. Or you're looking for leading indicators in the marketplace. And those might be fun for you. And they're helping you to move ahead instead of getting stuck in analysis paralysis. So I think once you have the self-awareness that you're you have a problem spot, like let's say that's the problem spot, analysis paralysis, then you can look at the suite of talents that you do have to pull you out of it. And you can make deals with people around you. Like, um, like hey, I'm the gas pedal, you're the brake, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And when you get into those tough situations and one person's pulling on the other, you've already pre-decided you're gonna play those roles with each other and deal so that it doesn't create conflict. And, and they know, hey, I'm going to be prodding you. I'm going to be taking that next step. So back to your point you made earlier about who you surround yourself with, that can be a really big one. Yeah, and it's almost like 
give yourself the opportunity to create some momentum so that you can move forward so that you can make decisions so that people can, you know, I, I just feel like momentum is one of the most powerful things that you can accomplish in, in your life and your business, because once an object reaches momentum, it tends to stay there. And so, you know, I want to talk about managing other strengths and getting the best out of people. But before we do that, you have mentioned this before, and I found it to be fascinating in that strengths are, uh, or your natural talents are easy buttons for high performance, and they can support you in any role. So could you expand on that? Or is there any other thoughts that you have just on that phrase? Because I just love that phrase. Yeah, well, one, I think it, it helps people think of strengths as tools. Because, you know, we've all done a lot of assessments in our life, or many of us have done a lot of assessments, and it's easy to go, yeah, that sounds like me. And then a couple days later, you've forgotten about it, and you're not really using it. But I like coming up with the idea that they're your easy buttons because it it literally here I have a one of the buttons here. There we it go. Literally feels like something you could say. All right, I'm in a tough spot, or I have a really big goal. How am I going to reach it? What could I look to as my easy buttons? So that's one part of the answer. And then um, the other is the definition that I like to offer people of dividing out what they do and how they do it. So a lot of people feel really comfortable in their skills and their experiences and the set of knowledge that they've gained about whatever given thing. Like just imagine, I've studied real estate investing for the last five years. I've listened to 5,000 hours of podcasts on it. I have my guru, I have a mentor, I've got, you know, I've got, got the team surrounding me. So people feel really easy in terms of like talking about those and executing on those because they're so factual but then the how you do things that's this other part of performance and elevating that I think a lot of people forget about and that is how do you interact with people um, how do you get things done how do you influence how do you make decisions how do you do critical thinking well your talent themes inform all of that sort of stuff. So when you circle that back to the easy button, it's like, all right, I have a really big goal. How in the world am I going to achieve this? Or I want to elevate. How am I going to surround myself with the people I want to surround myself with or meet, meet whatever goal? Looking down at the list of your top talents, they give you this other side of the equation, the how side. And I think it's really empowering to do that because it allows you to think, oh yeah, yeah, I could be I could get that pretty easily if I just turned this one on, but it's just not what you would have thought of at your default. You have to kind of consciously think about them. But once you do, then it's easy for you to see how they can help you out. I just had this idea as you were describing that, Lisa, is so interesting. It's almost like the hardware and the software. Like what you just described is like, all right, I got the team, I got the mentor, I got the guru, I got all the podcasts and all this stuff. But what you're talking about is about the software, because if you just have the hardware, just think about a computer, it has no software on it, what is it gonna do for you? So what you just talked about <laughs> is like, like, let's put like rubber on the road, like let's actually make this thing happen, which I'm so glad that you described it that way because that's what Elevate is all about. It's about how do you interact with other people? How do you interact with yourself? How do you maximize mm -hmm. your God-given talents? And how do you give that to, you know, others around you and elevate them and all these things? But is there anything else that you'd add to that? Oh, I think, I mean, that is beautiful. That's a fun way to think of it. I, as you were saying the hardware and software metaphor, I was thinking about how your strengths could almost be like an app that you're opening because you want to go do a specific 
thing. Yeah, perfect. Ooh, that was good. That was really good. We've all got the visual now. And you know, it's it, these thinking tools are so powerful because you can go into a moment, maybe you're in a tough negotiation, and all of a sudden you remember that app. It's like the visualization of that app. So let's hit it and let's open it because we have access to all of these dimensions of our personality and our strengths. So thank you so much for that. That was awesome. Let's talk about managing other strengths, right? When you think about finding other people who have strengths that are maybe your weaknesses, whether they're partners, whether they're investors, whether they're team members, employees, you know, what's the best way to get the best out of people, out of other people around you? <laughs> this is actually how I found StrengthsFinder. And in the first place, I was managing a team and I was really opposite of someone else on the team. And I, I actually thought I was going to, to need to fire her. And I was trying to be self-aware and thinking about being a bad manager. Am I not looking at the whole situation? She had been with the company a long time. Clearly people were valuing her for something that I wasn't seeing. We do the assessment. And what I found from the report is my top were her bottom and her bottom were my top. We were literal opposites. And I've seen it happen over the years as well with clients where this is happening on their teams. And they tend to be the people that for you feel like the high maintenance people to work with and interact with. So you're talking about negotiations and someone is just, oh, they're getting on your last nerve or you just don't like their style and it really is off-putting for you. It might be that they're totally the opposite. And now when it comes to you and your internal team, it's beautiful. You, Once you have that awareness, you think, oh, oh, right. Now the the person who thinks that's high maintenance is the immature person. The person who thinks, ooh, I, those things are needed and I don't want to give those things because it doesn't feel good for me to live in that headspace. So I need to use that person's strengths to the hilt because that's something that's not going to be as present on the team. And I'm not going to be making those things a priority because that's not how I think or like to operate. So on your own team, the opposites thing is great. And I think making the pre-agreements with each other about when you're gonna play those opposite roles is really important so that when you're getting on each other's nerves, it's not coming up for the first time during that heated moment. But then when it's others, I think it's really interesting. This is tougher. Like if you're in a negotiation and it's just some random person that you've never met before, they're not on your team. You're not gonna ask them to whip out their StrengthsFinder results. So like <laughs> this stuff isn't practically going to happen. So I actually just like to try to imagine if I assume that they have positive intent, where are they coming from? What is it that's getting on my nerves? And what is that thing? And what do they value that is actually virtuous about them? And it just, it's a, it's a great mental exercise. And it might be, you know, that they have sharp elbows and the way that they interact and you think they're a jerk and it could be, okay, well, what is it about them? What are they trying to accomplish? What are they trying to protect themselves from or those kind of things? But that whole idea of challenging yourself in the moment when you're amped up to, to say, hmm, if they had positive intent, what are they really trying to accomplish here? It just makes you act different toward that human. And it often changes the dynamics because now you don't have your defenses up and you're not doubling down on the negative thing that's going on. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a brief time out from this show, this incredibly mind expanding discussion to speak to the high achievers, the high performers. I wanted to speak to those who have a burning desire to go to the next level and beyond. First of all, I hear you and I see you. When I got started as a real estate entrepreneur, fresh out of my W2 corporate job, 
I was excited and jubilant to create and design my future. At the same time, my business and life was filled with confusion, filled with fear, doubt, uncertainty, and to be honest with you, sometimes even sleepless nights and hopelessness, even while experiencing what many would have considered substantial success. Ultimately, I mustered up the courage to hire one of the world's top high-performance business coaches to work directly with me on creating strategies, systems, and profound shifts towards accelerating my multifaceted performance and to become an industry leader. After years of investing significant resources into myself and in my business through this process, I am now paying it forward as a high-performance coach to those who feel called to elevate to the extraordinary. Wherever you are right now, you know deep down that you have it within you to be great. If you're someone who's seriously looking to elevate your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal flow, your network, your net worth, your lifestyle, and ultimately your life right now and ongoing for the rest of your life, I have a message for you. Because if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I have limited coaching spots available to guide people like you who want to substantially close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. These are first come, first serve, and demand high-touch, one-to-one focus from me directly to you. And this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive, committed, and willing to do whatever it takes. It's only for those willing to play full out and invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to achieve greatness in real estate investing and beyond, which is what we're all about on this podcast. This is for those defiantly inspired for transforming as an empowered limitless and unstoppable human being in full control of their and their business's future. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com where you can apply for this life-changing opportunity. We will then schedule a discovery session where we will directly discuss what's working, not working, and how we can work together to accelerate your future. With that said, enjoy the rest of the show. No, that's a great question. If if they had positive intent, I wonder what they're looking to accomplish here. And, um, you know, this is such an enlightening conversation because of the fact that, you know, what you're really talking about is taking an inventory. And we've been obviously the theme and kind of the underlying theme and the undercurrent of our conversation has been this self-awareness, but it's also been awareness of others as well. And, and so I just think it's really fascinating because of the fact that Elevate is all about you know, elevating your own growth, elevating your own thought process, your mindset, your your attitude, your perception, but it's also, you know, applying those from a strategic perspective and allowing momentum to take shape. But I'm just curious yourself with such a breadth of inventory in your own life and self-study and and applying this for other people. I mean, going out there and, and speaking to over 20,000 people across 14 countries, I'm just curious, how are you actually investing in your own strengths. I'm just curious, how are you elevating your own strengths and perhaps maybe some of your weaknesses as well, if that if that's relevant? <laughs> yeah, funny that you ask. Um, so I, I always have a coach. So that's one is I think that's a really important thing. And then outside of that, what I've been working on in the last year is getting out of what I would say is a yes mode. I used to think that if I said yes to more opportunities, then more amazing things would come to me. And I found that that was true. And then I hit a ceiling and found that real leadership for me is now figuring out how to say no more gracefully and how to say no more often so that I can get really narrowly prioritized on what matters. And 
it's helping me unravel all sorts of layers. I definitely can see that I was a workaholic for a lot of years and I was using what I would probably call like an athlete's mentality that I just probably pulled right on through from school days, you know, playing three sports and always working the hardest and being the last one at the office and being the last one on my keyboard that I could kind of out hustle anyone. And that just has its limitations. It, it, it has the single human capacity problems. So that's what I've been focusing on and being able to lean into strengths for it. it it's a really interesting self-awareness tool because instead of just saying, okay, these are my easy buttons to now get out of that, it's helped me to see, oh, right, my maximizer talent theme that sees potential in things instead of wanting to reap the potential of everything and everyone around me. Now you need to pick, <laughs> get, get more narrow with it. So let some of the things go. Maybe sometimes B plus quality is okay because it's not the thing that's in service of the goal where I really need to do the A plus. So that, that's another one where it's just looking back through the talent themes and then using them as a self-awareness tool, like which one's in overuse, which one's doing really well, which one could I pump up to serve this goal? Just looking through the list and asking some questions, it could give you some pretty awesome insights. Please, please. Yeah, no, that's, you know, it's amazing because one of the things that just really stuck out there, and I'd love for you to stack on that here in a second is, you know, thinking about saying no more gracefully and more often, I thought was just really, really powerful. And this self-awareness can get you to a place where you can confidently and gracefully, it's not like, you know, I, th I just see that as such a difference in terms of saying no, which we all know is important. And it really resonates with me because, you know, you, when you get more opportunities, you want to say yes, but at some point it's going to lead to less opportunities if you're not careful. Just so anyway, I'll allow you to stack on what you were just saying there. <laughs> well, it's all just a, just a journey, but this probably gets back to that concept of congruence that we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier where take any concept in this case, let's take the concept of saying no more often and more gracefully. Well, I care a lot about relationships and on the bad side, that might make me a little people pleasy, or maybe it makes me over explain my no because I want them to know like, oh, I really love your idea. I love where you're going with that, but it's not a good fit for me right now. And being able to find the phrases and the tools and the moments I've, I've instituted something that um, I've, I've told myself, okay, it's, it's the slow no. I'm at least required to give a slow no, which is let me look at my priorities. If there's something like in the moment, I can be really caught up. If I love the person and we're vibing really well and I want to hang out with them more and spend more time with them and they're like, hey, we should do a joint venture, blah, 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 or we should do this thing. And I'm thinking, oh, that would be so fun. I love hanging out with this person. And then I make myself do the slow no so that I have the cooling off period, so that I'm not jumping on it too far. And so um, then I can go back, look at my strengths, and I can be doing things like, all right, how do I use the relationship talent themes to say no in a way that feels great for me? How can I use my strategic themes to prioritize what I really care about? How do I the, take the maximizer concept and instead of it maximizing everything, I say, how do I maximize the goal that I care about the most? And so then that all feels congruent with me. I don't have to take someone else's advice who, you know, if you go look up how to say no, you'll find a, a whole lot of answers, but a lot of advice just says, no, no is a full sentence. <laughs> and that just feels 
crappy to me. That just doesn't feel like a, a genuine way. I, one of the top themes for me is positivity. And so the way that the room feels when I leave the room, it matters to me. So if I just come off like a jerk, um, it's not going to feel like I'm showing up at my best. No, those are such powerful and practical tools that we can all apply. And I just, I love that cooling off period, just as one thing I'll just highlight really quickly, because, you know, us as entrepreneurs, you know, we get excited with opportunities and we see new things and we see a squirrel and we want to go chase it and we want to go do this and it's a shiny object. And wow, that looks amazing. But let's just give ourselves a chance. Let's think about this a little bit and how does this apply to what we're truly, what is our true purpose and passion and mission um, that's just a very, very powerful apply, you know, a, applicable and practical tool. So Lisa, thank you so much for this conversation. This has been so enlightening and I've learned so much and I know the listeners have as well, but I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. And this has been a rare conversation. You're really diving into, you know, the multifaceted personality and God-given strengths and talents that we all have and weaknesses and understanding how can we elevate our results? How can we elevate our life? And so I just I find it to be so fascinating. But you as someone who's so deeply curious about yourself and others, I'd be curious to know, if you were to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, what would those be? And why? Hmm. Well, man's search for meaning is one that has hit me the Victor Frankl book. Um, and then this is just such an old classic, but the seven habits of highly effective people, I just can't help it. I have to go back every couple of years and do a reread. And then because I'm a musician, also there's a Spirit of Music book by Victor Wooten. And it's one of those, like, it's very fantastical, but it, it also always takes me out of my mindset where I am today. No, that's great. And, um, you know, it's so funny that you're the second person in the, in the past couple of days who has re-mentioned seven habits uh, to me. And it's it's so funny because it is such an old classic, but it's coming up uh, time and time again. And uh, what a great reminder. One thing I'll also note is that A Man's Search for Meaning, obviously a very moving book. Uh, myself, I, I, I highly recommend anybody to read that book. One of the quotes from Viktor Frankl, and I, I believe it's in that book, is he says, in between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in the space is your opportunity for growth, right? Because you get to decide how you're going to react in any moment. And I just, that is just so deeply profound. And his experience and the story that he shared is something that we can all apply to our lives. And so thank you for that. We'll put links in the show notes of each of those books. And uh, we'll have to expand our thinking, or at least I will, on the spirit of music as well. So thank you for that. Aside from our discussion today, Lisa, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Hmm. Um, wow, if I just did rapid fire version, I say eat, move, sleep. I pay attention to fitness, making sure I work out, moving, um, whether that is, uh, I'm, I said work out to describe eat, that made a lot of sense. Paying attention <laughs> to what I'm eating. Um, what I'm putting in my body, what makes my body feel good, what doesn't make my body feel good, just really nerding out on that and, and getting sleep and even getting sleep in ways that I formerly resented, like the fact that my body wants to be in bed for nine hours and I have a sleep tracking ring that tells me I sleep seven and a half or eight hours when I'm lay, lying down for nine hours and I really resented that. That's just too long. I don't have that kind of time. But when I give it that kind of time, it's thanking me for it. So I would say eat, move, sleep. Those are three keys. 
That's awesome. And if we were, and by the way, it sounds like, um, you know, we're, we're similar on the aura ring. It sounds like perhaps. Uh, aura ring, yep. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great tool to really understand because sleep is so important. But if you were to stack just briefly on, you know, some of the, the any suggestions you might have for folks in terms of optimizing your, your nutrition or your movements. I mean, talk to us a little bit more about that, if you don't mind. Hmm. In terms of your, yeah. your exercise and routine and that kind of stuff. Well, um, okay, let's see. First of all, I was being such a weenie on when it came to supplements. I was like eating gummy vitamins and they were being so malabsorbed. I took a micronutrient panel and it showed that they were just total junk, even though they were the organic fancy gummies, they were not good. Um, so switching to high caliber brands like Thorn or Pure Encapsulations, things like that, that's made a big difference. And then um, I... I'm definitely a protein shake kind of gal. I love Four Sigmatic. I sound like I'm doing a commercial for them, but they have all of these great mushrooms that they put in there and uh, love making smoothies. And then um, have a salad a day. It's something that I've made sure that I do to get good amount of greens in there. And this year, the biggest change that I made to the way that I eat was I was eating carbs when I woke up and I just thought, you know, bowl of oatmeal was my thing. And I switched to having a high protein breakfast and it really made my body feel better. Now my blood sugar is more level throughout the day. So that's something that I just heard somebody suggest it. I decided to try it for a week and wow, it was really starting off my day way better. So th those are my eat thoughts. My move thoughts are really just find something that you enjoy enough that you'll actually do it. I think because so many people just drop off their fitness routines. For me, I have to do it in the morning because if it becomes lunch or later, it <laughs> it gets skipped. Um, lift weights because, you know, got to get some Got, got to keep some muscle mass so that as you age, you're not just turning into the, the withering away kind of person. So those are the big ones for me. No, that's so good. And I'm the same way. If I don't work out in the morning, it's very unlikely because my willpower diminishes and the decisions are not in that capacity. So thank you for all those tips. That's amazing. And um, Lisa, what is the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Hmm. I, it has to be this focus on strengths. It is just one of those really simple concepts that is right under our nose. It's so easy to use that you don't even have to buy the assessment. You can just start reorienting your mind to leave going back to what you said about success leaves clues. Go study your clues of your own success. So I think that's the biggest way I help people elevate is just resetting their minds, reorienting their minds to a little bit more of finding the study of what works. I call it notice what works to get more of what works. That's so good. So good. So many sound bites in this episode and this discussion. Thank you so much. Lisa, is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd share with Elevate Nation today? I think it's really the comment that you brought up on success leaves clues. Watch for them. Challenge yourself for the rest of this week, whatever day it is that you're listening, to spend your mental focus watching for what you like. It is really the easy path for us to say, that didn't go well, I don't like this about that person, I would have said it that way. Instead of being so oriented to the corrective or what you would have preferred, 
challenge yourself to notice something that you like and say it out loud to the people that you're around. Notice it in your kid, notice it in your significant other, notice it in a business partner, notice it in yourself. And if you will spend a week doing that, it's, it's difficult as you get started, but that, that's the parting wisdom I would offer is a challenge to go out and start looking for what's good. So much wisdom. This has been so much fun, Lisa. Thank you so much for being on Elevate and uh, tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and what you do. Sure. Well, being that we're on a podcast, I also have a podcast. It is called Lead Through Strengths. So come check that out if you want to steep yourself more in this strengths world. I also have a website by that name, leadthroughstrengths.com. And you can even join us once a quarter. We do public events that aren't privately held for companies. So you could come out and uh, take a class and get yourself oriented to this new way of thinking. That's right. And we'll put links in the show notes of where you can find Lisa, of course, leadthroughstrengths.com and where you can find her on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. And also I will note that if you use the coupon code elevate, you will save 10% off of any online training or virtual training events that you buy through leadthroughstrengths.com. So make sure you use the promo code elevate. And uh, Lisa, this has been so much fun, but Elevate Nation, I just want to encourage you to re-listen to this show because there's so much that you can apply to your own life, to your own growth, to your team, to the people around you, and how you can really step up to be that next version of yourself. So I want to highly encourage you to re-listen to this show. I also want to encourage you to share this and pay it forward. Share this with a friend, share this with your team, share this with the people that you care about. Maybe it's people on your, you know, on your team in business, or maybe it's your people in your family. Share it with people that you care about and share with them what are your top three key distinctions that you are planning to apply immediately because at the end of the day, it's all about taking massive action. So with all that said, Lisa, I just really, really wanna thank you again for being on the show. You are welcome. It was a joy, you're an amazing host and I look forward to hearing from your listeners. You are awesome. Thank you so much for the kind words and Elevate Nation, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.